Hour two of the game. It's the game after work with Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Travion Berkland. 537-1350 is our number to call as we're about to jump in into a lot of audio as we're going to hear from Adrian Martinez in about 015-ish oh, or so. And Van Malone is coming up here in just a few moments. And I got good news. Not only is college football just right around the corner, we're less than two weeks away from the first games at week zero. But Cobra Kai season five on Netflix is Ooh. September 9th. Get ready to marathon. Yeah. So you're set. I mean, you're ready to roll September 9th. You're going to sit down and just boom. Let's see. September 9th, that is a Friday, so probably not. Oh, yeah. That's not good. That'll be something I'll, like, say for Monday and Tuesday of the following week. Yeah. <laughs> when things are a bit more calm and then the week revs up more when it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sunday, of course, is reserved for the NFL. Yeah. And you got to hope that there's not a Monday night matchup you want to see. What if it's the C-Boys? Well, if it's like the Jets and Browns, I can skip that week, you know? Yeah, screw that. So, that Are Terry you going Silver. to that WWE thing that's coming up? I didn't even know about it. There's like a SmackDown in Kansas City, I think. Mitch is not MM, uh, WWE anymore. Mitch likes AEW yes. because WWE oh. is trash. But I, you know what? Triple H is taking over. Uh-huh. You know, it, I, it's only fair to give him a try. He's been really good at running NXT. It's going to be like revisiting an old friend. But, yeah, be honest with you, it's going to be awkward. Some awkward (laughs) silences. (laughs) Some small talk, maybe a lot of small talk. Correction, WWE Raw on Monday the 5th. The 5th of September? Yes. Oh, wow. How about that? T-Mobile Center. Yeah. We'll be there. Kind of busy. We'll be there. Because, uh, well, actually, that's the uh, the Monday of uh, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend. So, no, I'm not, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Look on your face, dude. Oh, my Unless God. They, thinking, uh, thinking, thinking, yeah. Unless. The, the, the old uh, Windows uh, <laughs> sand, uh, the, yeah, the uh, timer yeah. going. Right here on his forehead if, as he was thinking, thinking. If Austin was coming back or The Rock, something like gigantic <laughs> was going to happen, I would probably go. Wow. But if it's just a straight up Monday Night Raw, you're like, nah, no. screw that. Well, I haven't watched in a couple of years. I yeah, haven't watched Monday true. Night Raw. So I, I'd i be completely off with, I mean, story. I, I, I don't know if that's so important. Yeah. But uh, like even just the wrestlers, like there's probably a bunch I hadn't even heard of. Well, I wanted to save this for for that week, but oh, I, I, I can't. Greg the Val- <laughs> Greg the Hammer Valentine's coming back. Oh so. my god, <laughs> he, he's coming back. Well, uh, let's hope for a, let's hope for a surprise from Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beef. Cake. Maybe the Honky Tonk Man will come out of retirement. <laughs> Yeah, the whole gang's coming. The Bushwhackers, they're coming back. Uh, Rick the Model Martell. Yeah. What's he up to? He'll be there, dude. He'll be there. Canes and walkers all. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're going to be standing there. (laughs) He's coming back, baby. Uh, I'm trying to think of who the oldest wrestler I've seen live. I've seen uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper have a match. I wanted to ask you before before Coach Malone, did you watch 
Ric Flair's no, final match. I did not. I did not watch it. Um, I didn't even see many highlights. Like I knew it would be what it is. You know, mm-hmm. when you have a seventy-something-year-old in the ring who hasn't wrestled in a decade, and his diet is Bud Lights. Oof. I saw the, the Undertaker was there. Yeah, the Taker was there. McFoley, Bret Hart—they were all sitting front row. So I guess what happened was because Rick was so de- I call him Rick. Who calls him Rick? <laughs> Nate, Mage, Flair. When he was wrestling, he actually <laughs> passed out twice from dehydration. What? And then he went backstage and had a case of beer waiting for him to celebrate. The Undertaker took it away and made him drink Gatorade. No way! Like he fathered. Mm-hmm. He was a father for a split second to Ric Flair. Wow. I was like, what a story! Because talk about the respect that people have for Taker. That he could just pull that. Yeah, he right. he could call the shots in that situation sure. and take away a case of beer from Ric Flair, who used to drink a case of beer a day. Oh my god! Yeah, when he said that his his he'd have ten beers before a show and then a few drinks too, like, like that's a man every day. Yeah, every day. So he he passed out twice during he, the match. He, yes, he passed out twice during the. That's from what I've read. That's Bitch. the report, dude. Wow, yeah, I know, I know. Oof. All right, let's get to Van Malone. Had a press conference earlier today. He's at 1 o'clock at the Veneer Football Complex, and he is associate head coach. He is uh, the dude that runs the passing game, passing game coordinator, but also cornerbacks coach. And my God, does he have a couple of seriously awesome starters in Echo Boydo and Julius Brintz. But he pays attention to everything. And he at the beginning of the press conference, without any questions yet, he started rattling off just guys that he has noticed, he himself have noticed, that have been kicking some butt. You'll hear some old, and you'll hear some young names being brought up first offensively. Offensively, Christian Duffy, Duffy of course, a mainstay uh, on the offensive line. Will Swanson has stood out to me. Adrian and his leadership and his maturity out there on the field. DJ Giddens has done a good job. RJ Garcia, he did a good job in the spring. And then Cooper and then uh, Mr. Electric Deuce Vaughn has continually improved, right? We all know his abilities, but I've just seen him take it, take it to another level. So the names that stood out, Christian Duffy to me, um, I, I like hearing that. The right side of the line definitely needs to take a step up from last year. I thought it was weaker. And I'm probably not alone. Weaker than the left side of the offensive line. Him bringing up Will Swanson was interesting because it, that's tight end. Mm-hmm. And tight end is the it's for the first time in a handful of years, maybe since their first year, 2019, that the coaching staff did not go to the transfer portal to go get a tight end. So Sammy Wheeler will probably be your starter. Will Swanson, either him or Connor Fox, is going to be your your backup. But I, I do question. Like, I have no idea like how much they will actually use the tight end in the passing game. But Sammy Wheeler, you're, you're probably comfortable with him. The other two have had very few chances to touch the football in games. And then – defense. Josh Hayes, Julius Brents, Deuce Green, Jake Clifton, who's a younger guy, has stood out to me. Austin Moore, I've seen him really develop from last year to now. D. Hintz, Felix, Eli Huggins, Echo Boy Doe, and then two younger guys defensively, Jacob Parrish and V.J. Payne. Those guys have stood out by the way they've played and by the way they've carried themselves throughout these practices. So Coach Malone throughout a bunch of new guys <laughs> and a bunch of young guys on defense. He, Jacob Parrish, um, 
I don't think in that clip he mentioned Jay Clifton. Maybe that's coming up in another one. Uh, but VJ Payne is another one who's a freshman from Gainesville, Georgia. He is a safety. Jacob Parrish is a backup quarterback who's a freshman from Olathe, Kansas. So I think it was maybe it was yesterday when I heard one of the coaches mention that they feel like the recruiting they did with this last class has taken them to the next level when it comes to productive. Uh, at being productive at practice, where they are ready for this uh, upcoming season, like currently when it comes to the fall practices. So I loved hearing those young names, especially throwing out a couple of safeties is great. And speaking of safety, Van was asked who could start there this year. Josh has done a good job. Drake Cheatham done a really good job today even. T.J. Smith, good job. Uh, V.J. Payne, Jordan Perry, both of those, all of those guys, man, uh, have done a good job throughout camp. Each guy has had his moments, and each guy has had his way. We don't know at this moment uh, who will start, but I think all of those guys are putting themselves in position to be able to help us uh, at different times throughout the season. So with that particular just – Throwing out some names. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. I, I'm not really sure. Um, just the one thing I did notice, of course, a lot of transfers were in there, a lot of young guys. We did not hear Kobe Savage. And I thought that was very interesting. Because if you ask me, just you know, from whispers and rumblings, that Kobe Savage would maybe be a starter at safety this year. Maybe, if not too deep. But hadn't uh, heard his name mentioned nope. today during the press conferences. So, interesting. We'll see how it plays out. Going back kind of to the offensive side of the football, you know his corners have to play against the wide receivers, and who's throwing to them? Adrian Martinez. So here is Coach Malone on playing against AM. He's a challenge because he has the ability to be able to run, has the ability to be able to beat you with his feet, but he also is really smart in the pocket, does a good job of, of moving defenders with his eyes, Right, So he'll move a safety to his left, throw the ball to the right. You can see he has another level of experience. And so from a coach's standpoint, if we had to play K-State, it would be a challenge. Now, one of my favorite answers that we got, not to brag or anything, but it was from a question I asked. And as a matter of fact, the only question I asked. I let the big J's. Ask their questions. You know, we typically have the same questions anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but I asked the question, you know, wide receiver versus corner. Your boys versus Thad Ward's boys. What's been the best matchup? What's been the most fun to watch? And uh, really his whole, his whole answer to that question, I really enjoyed. I coach the corners. So they never win. In my eyes, we get that film deleted. But no, Coach Ward, who coaches our receivers, man, it's a healthy, fun competition. And I believe that your players, they wear the jersey that you give them as a coach, right? If you're an intense, competitive coach, then your players, they should operate in that way. And that's who Coach Ward is as a wide receiver coach. That's who I am as a cornerback coach. And so I believe our players, they feed off of that. So the most intense competitions have been like the R.J. Garcias and the Echo Boy Doe's and the Malik and the Julius Brents. But throughout the day, man, it, it goes back and forth. So before he actually started mentioning the names, the matchups that have been really good, I loved everything he said about players responding and trying to match the intensity of their coaches. Have either of you watched the first episode of Hard Knocks? No. With the Lions? No. No. So during that episode, I watched it last night, 
the OC and DC, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, I forget their names, but there was a segment during the show where every play, they are jawing at each other. They are talking trash to each other, and I love that. If I was a player out there and I hear my coaches going back and forth saying, my boys are going to crush your boys, you ain't here, you ain't showed up yet, we're going to crush you, you're just sleeping out there. I would want to... I would want to make sure my coach is getting the upper hand on this trash talk battle. It's uh, Aaron Glenn is the D coordinator for uh, like former NFL player. Sure. So you know he knows how to talk some junk, and that would be uh, just that that would pump you up so hard to have the coaches going at it. But can you imagine trying to match Van Malone's? (laughs) Well, that's that's the thing. Like hearing Van Malone talk, he's a very good talker. Um. I'm just not sure, like, if I could correctly picture, like, how he would raising his voice, yelling at players, or jawing back and forth, maybe with Thad Ward. I could see Thad Ward doing it just from being around him. He seems like that would be more his style. Man, I don't know. And maybe I even have that backwards. I don't know. I would loved, I would love to be for for two things from what we heard today. Would love to be a fly on the wall at practice for a couple of things. I want to see Adrian Martinez scrimmaging against the defense. Yeah, is he taking care of the football? Is he killing it out there on it when he has to um, kind of freestyle it? And um, you know, is he is he being successful? And the other thing is, is it true? Like, are these two coaches, Thad Ward versus Van Malone, wide receivers versus corners, are they being intensive practice? Because I love an intense coach. The yelling aside, like the negative yelling aside, but I have a coach screaming after plays that he's happy about what just happened or he wants to trash talk the other coach. If I was a player in that situation, like at practice, I would be feeding off that hardcore. Mm -hmm. I would love every single bit of that because if they're out there being intense, why can't I be intense? Mm -hmm. I want... I want them to react in, a tense, in an intense way to something I just did by kicking that guy's ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting fired up right now. Just because about that's it. the best pop you can get at practice from your coaches. Mm-hmm. It's, to me, second best than getting a pop from the crowd, mm-hmm. from the coaches and the team. The one-on-one battles, to, you know, it's already heightened. Like, it's already juiced up. But then you have the coaches reacting, too. Man, that brings out the best in some people. It really does. <laughs> now, this final clip here from Van Malone. Uh, Kellis Robinette asked him about just a, a Deuce Vaughn story. What's been one of your fondest memories about Deuce Vaughn now with a couple of years in the program? It's a pretty good story. When Deuce was a freshman, uh, for those 15 minutes, he was down with the freshman group. And uh, we have film clips of this. I'm in my room, and we're watching it with the cornerbacks. And I said to those guys, guys, this guy is special. One of the corners said, oh, no, he's too small. He, he's, he'll never make it in this league. He's too small. <laughs> Everyone in the room looked at this guy, and they mumbled under their breaths. Uh, they mumbled, mm, this guy's an idiot. Um, well, two days later, he was down with the, with the big boys, and he was doing the same thing that he was doing with the freshmen. You know? And then just a few games later, he was doing the same thing live action, 
you know, in college football games, and he's still doing it. And so that guy, that cornerback, which shall who shall remain nameless, uh, he's changed his tune several times since that moment. <laughs> it's got to be Echo, right? It's got <laughs> <laughs> who shall remain nameless. So he's still going to protect them. Yeah, it's Echo. Yeah, if he's still around here. <laughs> yeah, 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 if it's yeah, somebody yeah. who's still around here, it's got to right. be Echo. Yeah. Pa- pardon right. me while we throw him under the bus <laughs> right here. <laughs> Coming up next here on the game, we're going to hear from uh, Adrian Martinez, who spoke to the media yesterday. Up next after these words. The K-State soccer regular season starts on Thursday against Northwestern at Boozer Family Park. (laughs) 7 o'clock kick. No longer on the radio, but ESPN Plus. But you can also just go out to Boozer for the opener Thursday. It isn't on on K-Rock. Hasn't been. It wasn't last year either. I kind of... Have you still been pushing (laughs) the games? No. No, I didn't do the games last year. We didn't have anybody. We didn't have anybody, and that's why I thought, oh, okay, just we'll have 20, somebody. Yeah, 2020 was the last year. Well, good luck to them, though. They are good. They're a good squad. Volleyball's got an exhibition Friday night, 6 o'clock. Wayne State, Nebraska is in. That's right. Oh, hell yeah. Shout out to Rob Velker. All right, uh, one more thing before we get to Adrian Martinez. I brought this up yesterday, and guys, we need to keep pushing here. Every vote counts. I know these kind of things are silly, but Fox College football <laughs> has a vote going on right now. It's like the second round or whatever of this college football fan base, like trying to figure out who the best fan base in college football is. And right now it's K-State against Nebraska. And by the way, these idiots from Fox Sports putting K-State as a 13 seed. Crazy, dude. The 12 seed in that region is South Florida. Like, let's let's use our brains here a little bit, and Come let's on. figure this out. Come on. Uh, the K-State fan base is a 13 seed. Let's, let's think, you know. Yeah, Come right. on. It's kind of a joke. Uh, but right now, with 18 hours left, it's against Nebraska. And I know this is silly, but I don't want to lose Nebraska. No. In anything. No. And I don't want to lose this vote. And right now, it's K-State 50 0.7% to Nebraska, 49.3%. So our job's not done. Let's go. So if you haven't voted yet, get on Twitter and vote. Create an account and vote. Down. Okay, let's get to Adrian Martinez. Let's do it. Former Cornhusker. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I could probably guess who he voted for <laughs> in this poll. You you think? Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He was probably campaign manager. <laughs> no, it's a joke, of course. That's but really funny. Uh, I'm sure he picked K State along with, you know, Cade Warner and Will Honus. You know, now that they're in purple instead of the red, they're in Manhattan instead of Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But uh, yesterday had had five minutes to catch up with the new quarterback of K State, Adrian Martinez. Well, I think anytime you get Pittsburgh and West. <sighs> I did it. I hadn't done this in forever. Well, I did. I did so good of not playing the wrong clip. All right, Adrian Martinez. Here we go. Adrian, what's the biggest difference between Kansas State preseason camp and what you've experienced in Nebraska? You know, I, I try not to compare the two in, in this setting. You know, I've, every experience has been new here so far, and uh, 
I've really um, enjoyed how they've taken care of us. You know, fall camp's hard, I think, no matter where you're at. But uh, our strength staff, support staff has done a great job of giving us all the resources to recover and really come back the next day strong. How have you felt about your reps so far? Uh, I feel good, you know, uh, coming in here competing. I think all the quarterbacks are really pushing each other, and uh, Coach Klein's done a great job of um, making sure we're all prepared to play. What's that relationship like with you and Coach, right? You know, you come into a new program. What have you seen from him so far? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I have so much respect for Coach, uh, not only as a coach but as a person, you know. Um, I've said this before, but each meeting, you know, he still wants to make us better people, you know, oh, yeah. so we focus on that. And then obviously the X's and O's piece, uh, I'm really excited about some of the stuff we have cooking for this season. I think he's really creative and uh, is making sure that we utilize all our weapons. At the receiver position, who do you feel like you've really gelled with the most on and off the field? Yeah, you know, uh, I had a previous relationship with Cade, obviously, um, so that was already kind of there. I think uh, Phil Brooks has been awesome. Uh, I think he's had a great camp. And uh, obviously Malik, you know, um, we have some strong veterans in that wide receiver core. So uh, I think they've done a good job reaching out to me and vice versa. Coach Klein told us his message to you is just to not play scared. He never wants you to have the mindset of don't turn the ball over here. How much does that kind of spark confidence for you that he, he's going to let you go out there and, and try to make the big plays? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, it's all about playing within myself. You know, some of those plays will happen naturally. And, and other times you need to let the offense work. Um, and that's where... Coach Klein's going to have to trust me, and I'm going to have to trust him type of thing, right? And, uh, you know, let the machine work. Let uh, our other playmakers, I mean, shoot, we, we have all those guys. I, I don't need to make every play. So having that mindset and uh, still maintaining that aggressive uh, type nature. Do you get uh, wild by Deuce Vaughn at all when you're out on the practice field? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's little moments where you see it either in person or you're watching the film back. You know, like, I don't think there's anyone else that can make that cut. You know, maybe get in between that hole or... Or, uh, well, I, I think we'll take our chances with Deuce in space. So um, it, it usually happens on a, a daily occurrence, and, uh, you know, I'm excited to see him in action. Going up against them every day in practice, what's been your impression of the defense? Um, I think they're a really strong unit. Uh, they're a smart group of guys, and they communicate really well. Uh, I think something that we've done a great job so far this fall camp is just competing. And uh, they want to win. They want to beat us. We want to beat them. And you can definitely feel that every day out of practice. Have you had goals for yourself over, over fall, things that you personally have been trying to accomplish? Yeah, I just want to be consistent, right, you know, and, and show up every day and, and have a sense of gratitude. I think it's really easy to, to lose that, you know. We are really blessed to be here. I'm really blessed to have this opportunity, and um, you can get caught up in all the mumbo-jumbo or the media hype, whatever it is, but, shoot, I got a chance to play football today. I got a chance to um, – run at this this great facility you know i got mindy coach true i have great resources you know there's there's so many positives here that you could take for granted so uh wanted to make sure i enjoyed all that while i can you were in the same system for four years so you're really comfortable with that how quickly have you kind of been able to get comfortable with this one yeah you know it's been a process luckily i came here in january and um it's been an everyday kind of thing right uh, whether it's hopping in the film room or talking to guys uh, Coach Klein's done a great job. The rest of the quarterbacks have done a really great job of just helping bring me along. Uh, really, right now at this point, I feel really comfortable, but it's, it's always a learning process. You're always learning more, finding new ways to get better, and, and making small kind of uh, changes. What kind of tempo have you guys been running so far this fall? Uh, I'd say a mixture, you know, and, and that's what's going to make us deadly in my opinion. Uh, you know, we obviously have the capability of huddling, but we also have the capability of of going fast and you know being up tempo so i think it's a blend of those two and in this camp we've been really trying to balance those things how hard is it for you as a first year player to also kind kind of try and take on a leadership role within the offense 
Yeah, you know, that, that is something that can be tough. But, again, we have such a, a great presence of veteran players on this team that uh, we have a strong leadership core. So that responsibility really isn't all on me. Um, and it's been a process, right? You know, have to earn their respect, have to show up day in and day out. Leadership is uh, hard to attain and easy to lose. So have to be consistent and uh, continue earning. Talk to us about the offensive line. Last you played behind three guys that were key pieces that last year. Obviously, they're gone now. So you're new here, but you got some new guys in front of you as well. Yeah, no, those dudes are uh, those dudes are legit. I have a lot of confidence, not only in them, but also in Coach Riley. You know, some of the schemes we have and, and the way those guys attack every day, you know, nothing but confidence in those guys. And shoot, when you got Gilly at center and... <laughs> That mustache, I think they're going to be hard to beat. So. The mustache, it is popular <laughs> ever since that uh, that Twitter video came out from K-State football. Everybody have Now, uh, Randon Plattner showing off his uh, mullet and mustache and beard uh, yesterday during that uh, press conference with some of the offensive players. We've, we've literally gone back to the 80s. I wish I could grow. Can you grow a mustache? Not worth a dang. Well, really? like you're actually, five I can shadow. do pretty. I can do pretty good. It's it's if I go beyond doing the the Fu Manchu that it gets a little rough. Well, that's what uh, Platner said. He said he might go with a Fu Manchu type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I can't do the full beard like you. Oh, I, I my beard's not that great. It's it's gonna be gone tomorrow anyway. All right, so there you have it. That's uh, Adrian Martinez, new quarterback for K State. Most likely, we'll hear from him again about two weeks from today. The first Tuesday pre pregame press conference wow. with Coach Kleiman, and I would imagine that uh, Martinez would follow. When we come back, it is our four hundredth number one song of the day. Next. From 1976, Disco Duck by Rick Dees and his cast of idiots was for one week the number one song in the United States, and this is our 400th number one song of the day. He put he put a mile post on this. It's terrible. <laughs> what is going on? Well, if you're in radio and you don't know who Rick Dees is, Rick Dees in the Weekly Top 40. Entertainer, radio personality, comedian, actor, voice artist from Jacksonville, Florida. He's best known for his internationally syndicated radio show, Rick Dees, Weekly Top 40 Countdown. Memory serves me right. This was back when he was still in Memphis. Correct. But of course, you're jumping ahead and. Sorry. He's got it guy, right there. He wants to take over. <laughs> uh, what else? I can't help it. I know nonsensical things. He was also known for Rick D's in the morning, hosted in Los Angeles. That's also syndicated. And he was also the co founder of the television network Fine Dining. We now know it as the Cooking Channel. What? 
Thanks, Rick Dees. Uh, when it comes to feature films, Rick D starred in the movie La Bamba. Mm-hmm. He portrayed the iconic Ted Quillen, the L.A. disc jockey who helped launch Ricky Valen's career. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Forgot about that. That's right. And then he shows up and does Disco Doug. Oh, wow. Oh. Uh, he's in the Broadcast Hall of Fame, and he is, with this song, a one-hit wonder. So, Troy was right. He was a disc jockey in Memphis at the recording of this song. It's a satire of a disco craze that was in full swing at the time. So, he wrote this in one day in his apartment in 1975. It's got some traction, some attention in the South. So, Dees pitched it to the major labels. The song was taken off, but Dees was not allowed to play it on the air in Memphis because station management feared that it would violate FCC conflict of interest rules. So on October 11th of 1976, he was fired by that radio station, went to work somewhere else in Memphis and started playing it on air. And five days after being fired, this song reached number one in the United States. And for good measure, he wasn't unemployed long. I'm just going to go ahead and play my stuff, guys. The voice, the duck. So I think we can all agree, it sounds like Donald Duck. Yeah. I mean, does it not? So there was speculation that Clarence Nash, who voiced Donald Duck at the time, was singing on this, but that's not true. According to Rick Dees, the voice of the duck was provided by a guy he met at a gym who could who could pull it off. And his name is Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Pruitt. He ended up suing Rick Dees after the song became a hit. Oh, boy. Claiming, he's claiming that he was paid only $188 for his services, which included recording the song, dressing up like a duck in a duck suit to promote the song on various TV appearances, and went to Times Square in the duck suit in New York City. Now, we don't know the result of the lawsuit. It was most likely settled, but we don't yeah. know. Yeah. But what we do know is Kenneth Pruitt has, hasn't been heard from since. Oh, no. Well, yeah, he's on the Disco Duck money, just living the dream. I mean, come on. He probably got a 500 mil. God. Yeah, there's, it's not like Rick couldn't afford it. There's even a dance to this. Kind of a half-assed music video, just people dancing around. You can find it on YouTube. And this song was also featured, did you know, in the movie Saturday Night Fever. But it was not included on the soundtrack. Good. I, yeah, I agree. Right? I, uh, it's in the scene where the main teacher at the dance studio is like teaching everybody something. Right. And I did not know, like, I remember hearing that. I've seen the movie before, but I didn't know it was this song. I hadn't really even heard this song before. I was doing my research for number one song of the day, like picking out all the songs I wanted to use, and I came across this. I was like, what in the hell? Like, I gotta use it. Yeah. I just want to talk. What year was this again? 70, 76. What was what was going on? Disco? I mean, just like, uh, what, were, what were you guys thinking? Well, part of this is you have to remember that Dees was in the midst of an unbelievable hot streak with what he was doing, I believe it was WHBQ in Memphis, if memory serves me right. But he had taken that station from the depths 
to number one in a matter of less than a year, if memory serves me right. And it, it was legendary what he did in terms of a turnaround with that morning show. And so this was just part that fell into really kind of that goofy morning show mindset that was his show at the time. Wow. And it just took off from there. Have you heard? What? Disco Duck. Right. It's hilarious. That right. Sucks. Oh, come on. I mean, remember oh. the 80s? We had such wonderful things as the Curly Shuffle. Pac-Man Fever. Okay, Pac-Man Fever. I'd put that a little bit better than the Curly Shuffle, um, among other things. You know, but... I only remember the Icky Shuffle. You know, goofy songs like that were were staples for Top 40 Radio for forever. I only remember the Zelda Shuffle. I don't remember... (laughs) What is that? Play it. Do the I mean, Bart I mean, Zelda, Zelda Duck. I mean, for crying out loud, it you was could a throw, playoff, you could throw Monty shuffle. Python's The Lumberjack song on. and That's true. God, just terrible. I will say, though, now kind of like re-listening to it a couple times, the guy that did the Donald Duck voice kind of nailed it, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, mm-hmm. he probably should have got paid way more. Well, and I mean, the I, hook isn't too bad. It's kind of catchy. I don't think. Disco. I honestly Disco don't think that Dee's expected it to take off as something that would even be of national interest. I think it was intended strictly as a joke for his morning show. Number one. Did did Rick D start Dee's nuts? No. <laughs> That's the one he's like, dang it. That's the one that got I away. got away. I hear I forgot Disco Almost a perfect duck. career. Is he still alive, Rick D? He is. He's in his 70s. I think he's still on the radio, isn't he? Wow. Always remember, grab some guy's nuts at the store. <laughs> Did we ever? I don't know if we've ever. <laughs> Troy and his delayed laughter. Gets me every time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we've ever syndicated any of Rick D's shows. Definitely not the morning show. Mm-mm. I don't know about his weekly top 40. I think we've always been uh, Casey Kasem slash. Um, oh, crap. Who is it now? The same guy that replaced Rick Dees on mornings at, at Kiss Ryan FM Seacrest. and LA. Ryan Seacrest, thank you. Hey, hey. Underwhelming. Yeah, let's let's get some uh, Rick Dees. Let's let's switch it to Rick Dees. Rick Dees in the morning. We, Rick Dees in the weekly top 40. Oh, yeah. Does good. he still do top 40? I think he still does. I'm not sure. No, alter- he does alternative now. It's all alternative. Yeah, right. It's alternative. Sorry. But he's no longer the morning guy at uh, at Kiss. Seacrest took that over, too, just like everything else. Seacrest is the Borg. Well, Seacrest has been doing that for a long time now, though. Uh, for a good, about yeah, over about, a decade. Yeah, about over a decade, yeah. Seacrest, out! So Rick Dees called it quits when he was in his early 60s? Mm-hmm. Like, that seems early for somebody in radio. Uh, I think that it was more a we're pushing you out the door. Mm. Somebody younger and better looking? Mm, Essentially. And then they passed off Seacrest as the better looking. Hmm. And now Rick Dees has to wait for another Mexican musician to die so he can be in their biopic. Oh, there you go. Right. Wow. (laughs) Well, when you put it like that, yeah. (laughs) But hey, you know what? Ryan Seacrest, he might have the money and the fame and the women and the the good looks and the Hall of Fame career and everything else, but he ain't got no disco duck, does he? No. 
He doesn't have that, but he's got Luke Bryan. <laughs> I don't think he has charisma. Case dismissed. No, no. Rick See, Chris, Dees. No. If we're if we're ranking who's cooler and awesomer, Rick Dees comes out in, on top. <laughs> he's got Disco Duck and Seacrest don't. I don't know. I always kind of like Casey Kasem. Coming oh, in know. at number three, <laughs> it's Elton John falling from number one with Island Girls. A request from Mitch, my girlfriend, is really sad because I watch WWE now. And I told him I'd never come back. <laughs> so here's Boys to Men. <laughs> Yes, it's man. This is Tra- Travion. You read my mind. <laughs> Got that so ESP funny. going. That was so funny. Get me Tra- out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's boys to men. End of the road. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, truly, that was. <laughs> Okay, what's your favorite excuse to get out of plans? What are, uh, uh, I need to listen to Rick D's in the morning. <laughs> I can't. I'm two shows behind. I gotta get. I gotta get caught up, dude. I gotta get caught up. <laughs> I told Travion that I like to go with stuff that like my water heater's broken, or I got my foot run over by somebody. Actually, run over my foot when I was in Aggieville. Hey. I mean, isn't the best excuse to just ignore the text or something? Like, I, it, it, that's I'm a good one. busy enough that I don't really give excuses. It's usually pretty legit. Like, I know Lindsay thinks I'm full of it when I say I have to work all the time, but yeah, she's like, yeah, right. Pre- I'm pretty legit. You know, so, so are we going to find out what your excuses are in about two and a half weeks when we do the company get together? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was oh, gonna yeah. bring her with after work. <laughs> No, no. Hot dogs and beer? I mean, <laughs> yeah, baby. I think everybody's down for that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I know. I like I, that. I'm, I'm there. Hey, what's a sport no matter the Well, you know what, Travion? Oh, yeah, yeah, Travion. If he has an answer. I just go with I work all the time because I work all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Trivion. then you get to add school to it here coming up. Yeah. Don't remind me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. We've bookended that discussion today. Sorry, buddy. Um, what's a sport no matter the skill level you do not find impressive at all? <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> What's Ra- uh, racing. Oh, like NASCAR. Uh, yeah. I mean, like even like the local stuff, dirt track, Ooh. county fair stuff. Yeah. I saw ESPN pulled out the uh, the Dale Earnhardt Jr. This is Sports Center. Giving directions. Yes. So you do a left turn, left turn, <laughs> left turn. I mean, they nailed it. It was perfect because it does sum up NASCAR racing right there. I don't get the watching it. I don't understand the thrill there, but I could never do it. That's They're going so fast. I, I actually will watch, but that's in part because I've always been a fan of, of open wheel to begin with. But uh, when my brother-in-law was doing some of the regional stuff, got hooked on paying attention. Hey. Cool. That's cool. Travion, you don't even like sports. What's a sport that you're not impressed with at all? Frisbee. (laughs) Competitive cup stacking. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I was just waiting for someone to say cornhole. I mean. Uh, You know, there's some dudes that can just sink every shot. I'm like, 
I will never be there. Like, right? How I, are you good at this? Two beers, ten beers, or no beers. <laughs> Doesn't matter. One out of every 20 shots is going in that hole. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the way I golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. Oh, this is so fantastic. All right, DG, you can save the rest of the questions for tomorrow Thank because you. we got a skedaddle. Yeah. Uh, but coming up on the show tomorrow, Derek Young from Case Online is scheduled to join us. So is Mitch. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Whoa. Chiefs, give us his third update from training camp, and there's already a preseason game in the book. So we'll hear from him as well. For Travion, DG, Troy, I'm Mitch Rautsky. Go Cats.